0: the other thing in the news as i mentioned uh recently a little bit more important you really in the large scope of things i mean obviously the hunter biden uh laptop thing and the documents are important and that all is important but that's in the, kind of the future that's a very specific kind of event um but also you have going on in the world particularly in since we last spoke and is the WEF, the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland, uh, for their annual meeting. And so kind of um, in preparation for the show, I've been listening and looking in the, the WF website and you know I encourage you go in there, uh, look for yourself. Uh, a lot of it is painfully boring stuff. A lot of it is, I guess, self-congratulatory. Um, it's like, look at our great idea, and is, isn't it great? We're um, digging wells in in Sahara, uh, Saharan Africa, North Africa, and isn't it great? We're digging wells and and doing this and that, and. So, I'm looking for a specific story. And, you know, if if you listen to various podcasts, you know, um, one that comes to mind would be, like, Glenn Beck. He's very on top of the WEF thing and the Great Reset thing. So, uh, I would defer to his expertise. And, of course, he has a great book out called The Great Reset, uh, about what the WEF is doing, um. With specifically with regards to the Great Recept and after COVID, and but but generally uh, you know ESG of course he talks about in his book so that's a good book. Um, so you know if you're uh, also listening to the Glenn Beck, you can really educate yourself on that. Um, so I'm looking through it. I'm looking through the site, taking through the site. And it's really boring stuff. It is, a lot of it's wonkish, and a lot of it, again, is uh, people touting their accomplishments. You know, why not your you're beating? And, you know, just like anybody else, you, know, you might want to say, hey, look what I've been up to, and we've had successes here. Um, but there's a lot of that. Now, the overarching uh, theme is still global climate change. You know, the the climate change alarmism. They're still very much invested with climate change alarmism in the WEF. And I think they voted that their number one concern is the environment. And their 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 number two concern, I think, is like people are not doing enough to um, self-immolate, um, to cut their use of fossil fuels. So their number one uh, crisis is the environment, and the no new, number two crisis is people aren't uh, self-destructing their economies enough, um, or giving up enough of their their uh, freedoms um, to the dictates. Uh, the likes of the Klaus Schwab and um, Bill Gates and them globalists and so that's like their number one and two is that, you know, so but that tells you where, what the purpose like the main thrust of the WEF is and you know it's very you know if you go on their webpage and you just scroll through them, um, it's very apparent that they're very invested in climate change alarmism. And they're using that as a vehicle uh, to get their a lot of their their things through, a lot of their initiatives through, and to get people to go along with it. And of course, I think you had Al Gore speaking again Saying we're not doing enough, and you know, to paraphrase, we're not shooting ourselves in in the foot enough economically, and uh, we're not destroying our freedoms enough for them fast enough for the likes of Al Gore um, to keep him satisfied. So you have that. You have a lot of investment in that, and then of course there's still COVID. Talk people talking about COVID, and the other thing that they're talking about is oddly enough inflation, and so I I watched a whole program, or actually I skipped through, uh, but ended up watching most of a whole program. You know, panel that they had various economic uh, experts, so-called so-called experts. Um, at least in their area, in their minds, with regards to business and economics. And so they're talking a lot about inflation. And they're talking about the causes of inflation, you know, people buying too much stuff basically. Is that the economies, you know, too much people buying stuff and there's not enough demand or there's not enough supply and so you have inflation no mention whatsoever of the cause of inflation is you know what is the the value of the dollar worth or the value of the euro worth you know if you're printing more and more dollars to to do all of these things and you're going to greater and greater debt you know because there's no way to raise that money through taxes right so what do you do you have to print the money you know for like the so-called um, Inflation Reduction Act and there's a, I think there's a bit of criticism actually, I was kind of surprised to find out that there's a bit of cr- criticism surri- surrounding the Inflation Reduction Act and I'm going to talk about that in a minute um, when I think about that but it's interesting no mention about you know, the uh, money printer go burr you know we're just printing dollar bills um, hand over fist to pay for these debts and so we're creating more dollar bills and therefore each individual dollar bill is worth less because it's not tied to anything real um for instance like gold or silver and so it's a fiat currency Print more of it you know necessarily economically basic economics dictates that each dollar you print makes each individual uh, existing dollar worth less. And so you have that, but no one through a whole panel of like four or five people so-called experts never mentioned this quantitative easing aspect, you know, the the printing of money being the um, the driving force between inflation. They're there talking about May, their main focus is is too many people what too much stuff and there's none of stuff to go around and um, so and not a lot of connection between what they've done and this is my main thesis here is there's kind of a disconnect between their own policies which you know you, cri- you cripple someone's energy sector um, for instance and you make it more expensive for for instance for truckers to truck their transport their goods across the country because you've made uh, it harder to um, dig up and drill for the oil that those truckers need you know that you're going to use that they're going to use for gas and so you raise the the, the, your policies raise the, the price of gas and the truckers have to pay or have to be paid more or take more out of their own pocket and bite bites into their profits and then you wonder why you know, it's if they can't figure out the connection between a trucker somewhere paying more for gas and this item in the store shelf costing more because the trucker had to pay more or cost more to transport it across the country. There's this total disconnect in many cases. Um, There was some small glimmer of hope. There was like a German finance minister on the panel and he seemed, he's more of a center-left personality, you know, more of a centrist maybe he'd be called a classical liberal and I'm looking through his biography and some of the stories about him. I forget his name, so I apologize. But he's, I believe he's a German finance minister. And hes he was the only one that seemed to have a clue about um, the overprinting of money and, and, you know, providing people with uh, money, you know, through grants and, basically we give them money, we give them our our COVID check basically and now all those COVID checks are um, now we're paying for that so we got that $1,200 or $2,000, $2,400 whatever it was uh, these past two years now we are seeing the the effects of that in inflation because we didn't have the money to give and so he, and of course they did some of the same things in Europe. I think their inflation varies from country to country but he's only one even to make a connection between all these largesse's that were put out um, all these giveaways of money, unearned money basically, well you earn your money by not working during the pandemic, being, being locked in by being shut down by your business being shut down so you earned it in a kind of negative way But you know and i mean i'm not talking about the people who got the checks it's not through their, any fault of their own you know they were told to stay home you know they you know but now we're finding the effects of the lockdowns once you once you institute the lockdowns and then what was should have been a predictable thing that happened um, maybe some of this wisdom will we can apply if there ever, God forbid, is another pandemic in our lifetimes. Maybe we won't be so 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 fast to do lo- do lockdowns, because what happened is you pay you force people not to work, then you have to give them something for not working just to keep them going, keep them alive, and of course, people a lot of people just um, um, save the money. And so, uh, as my understanding is, that people got these checks, a lot of it was new money to them, and so they put in the savings and they were living off of that, but now that money is gone, and now they're digging into savings, particularly if they, they lost their job or quit their job during COVID. Maybe they took advantage of the generous, overgenerous generous uh, unemployment. Benefits in COVID. And so, anyhow, uh, going through all these hours of WEF WEF footage from the meeting, uh, it seemed like the only person who had any kind of connection, made any kind of connection between policy, their government's policy, and inflation was this German, one German finance minister I think his name was Schmidt or something but I, I forget but otherwise you know you had another person who was in charge um, s- there's had held some position in the state of California and of course you know they can't spend enough money of enough of the taxpayers money and that person was absolutely clueless um, made no connection you know it was just well there's spend spenders Buying too much stuff, and that's why, and we can't uh, give them enough stuff, and so that's why the inflation. And so, but that's like a, a uh, can cause maybe like short term spike in inflation. But first of all, you know, it's been like a year now since we since the uh, logistics crisis started to manifest itself, and we had, uh, if you remember, the beginning of last year, I think it was. The empty store shelves, um, lots of you know, you know, it's called you know the empty Biden store shelves. I forget what the hashtag was, but um, you had a lot of store shelves that were empty. Uh, even in the United States that never has had that problem, even in the middle of COVID, um, you know, you may not could have bought toilet paper or, or an M95 mask or gloves or something like that you know directly associated with COVID or you know, toilet paper for some reason. but you could buy that stuff the PPE and toilet paper, but things like milk and just other ordinary household goods, we never had a problem with that. And, but then you had the supply chain crisis and in, at least in this country. and um, we still have that to a certain extent. And so that was what was blamed on for the uh inflation and of course that is that does have an inflationary effect the more you know people are buying stuff, and people there's not stuff getting there, but you know if you've been buying stuff like an Amazon in a store, you know this is stuff that you know you're not it's not hard to find they're not running out of of T shirts on Amazon. You know, they're not really running out of vacuum cleaners or uh, cheese puffs in you know, in <laughs> stores. So you know there's there was kind of a disconnect and yes that has an inflationary effect but can it raise the inflation to effectively over 10 percent. Um, I don't think so. I mean, ultimately, what causes inflation is that you're printing money, and it's the devaluation of each individual unit of currency that causes inflation. I mean, that's the thing that that always causes inflation. And but there is no mention of monetary policy, at least that I could hear, uh, causing inflation. Now, they're talking about uh, manipulating the currency and interest rates and stuff like that to slow down the economy. And their new thing now is that you have to have a recession now in order to avoid a worse recession later. And so that is what they're selling in Davos now. And so, of course, you're we're hiking up interest rates, to, you know, you're because the problem is from their point of view is you want to buy too much stuff, you know, you want to uh, buy too many, you know, uh, Phillies hats or Godzilla T-shirts out there, and that's the reason. Um, rather than their their policies of printing money uh, have caused inflation. And so uh, it's kind of ironic that a lot of Davos, a lot of talk in Davos this year is basically how they're going to correct the problems that they themselves caused in many cases uh, last year and the year before and the year before that. Okay, with and total disconnect or an almost total disconnect to be fair between the, the price of energy um, and inflation and even there they get it wrong even when they, they they're kind of on the right road and they're talking about energy prices their their problem in their mind is they're not building enough uh, windmills fast enough and we're not building enough solar arrays uh, fast enough and that's the problem. The problem in their mind isn't that they're cutting down um, fossil fuel exploration, you know their problem, you know, in their minds the problem isn't that you can't get a uh, a permit to drill offshore off in the United States. That's not the problem. The problem is that we're just not building uh, windmills and uh, solar powered um, solar farms uh, fast enough, solar cells fast enough and the the government's not doing enough to subsidize the wind and solar energy and so it's not building fast enough to make up for what they're doing and so there's absolutely no acknowledgement of their policies with regards to fossil fuels causing the problems of inflation and high energy costs. So there's a total uh, lack of awareness of this problem, or pretending that this problem doesn't exist. And their focus is on wind and solar. How can we build more alternative energy, rather than how can we um, free up the use of more uh, fossil fuels? You know. Uh, gas, natural gas, and coal. And, you know, not a lot of talk about that or how China is building coal plants um, you know, hand over fist in in that country. Uh, You know, countries like China and uh, Russia, they're not following the WEF's uh, program there. And so all of our advances we make in the West are being offset by their explosion of use of fossil fuels in the East and meanwhile we're just hamstring ourselves. We're cutting ourselves off from our own supply of fossil fuels. And of course, you know, very little mention about how by the way they ruined Sri Lanka with their uh, stupid programs with regards to organic farming and all of their uh, social justice stuff so no mention about Sri Lanka Um, you know and if you're watching this podcast and you have time and you want to go on the WEF uh, World Economic Forum uh, website and show me where they're talking about Sri Lanka uh, particularly with regards of me you know maybe we screwed up with regards to Sri Lanka, you know, if you can find that footage or you know, just send that to me. All right. Uh, you know, follow me uh at LR podcast on getter if you're on getter. And uh you send me that footage or you send me that footage through the podcast or right. and um And you let me know, because I can't find it. I can't find how, um, and you mentioned, uh, not too much mention of the Dutch farmers being displaced, uh, at least not as a bad thing. Um, They think that it's a good thing, um, and they want more of it. Um, So, not much talk about problems that they're going to have uh, with food production and this uh, foolish idea of self embolization with regards to energy and agricultural sectors in various countries. And not much talk about um, their interference to micromanagement in the day-to-day affairs with companies. Um, because you know, we have these companies, they're all willing, most of them are willing complices of the left wing policies, anyhow. So, they don't care, they'll continue on with their ESG scores no matter the cost. Um, and so, it's one interesting thing that I did, and kind of running along on time, so I'm just going to give this a cursory mention. I mentioned, I want to, I was going to bore you with reading this whole entire entire article. But it does seem that um, people are waking up, people are noticing it. And there's an article in CNN Business, of all places, CNN.com, it's called "Davos, Davos Draws Record Crowds But Its Relevance Is Fading it's by Julia Horowitz and it was written on January 16th of this year so you know about this year's Davos summit and talking about how you know the world economic forum used to be a big thing you know particularly years ago and there's a lot of um high powered people attending um And so in in the article, just real quick, it mentions, uh, quote, This year's World Economic Forum, hosted in the Alpine Ski Town since the early 1970s, kicks off Monday, So it's a little bit, just a couple weeks ago. It's expected to draw a record of 2,700 attendees, including German Chancellor Olaf Scholz, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, Chinese Vice Premier, Liu He, South Korean President Yoon Suk Yeol, and U.S. Climate Envoy John Kerry. Of course, John Kerry is going to be there. Yeah. Um. Then they talk about yet yeah, the WEF's first winter meeting in Davos since 2020 comes as economic heavyweights are playing by different rules, with companies moving supply chains closer to home strategic stockpiling picking up pace as corporate executives who once extolled free trade appearing increasingly wearing of uh, geopolitical risks. And so that's just a quick thing about that. Um, So I think the people um, the governments uh, and businesses—they're maybe just starting, just starting, maybe to look with a skeptical eye about uh, what they're saying at the World Economic Forum, and hopefully, what will what they will conclude is that you know we're not going to destroy our business in the name. Of uh, fighting climate change, um, you know we're going to give lip service to f- fighting climate change, but we're going to do what's best ultimately for our business. So there may be some cracks in the formation of the WEF. Uh, maybe there we're we're not seeing the end or even the beginning of the end, but maybe we were seeing the end of the beginning. Uh, with regards to the WEF's hold on power and and, and the ESG hold on power. And if so, I think that's uh, partially due to people like you and me talking about it, being loud about it and pointing out factual information about what the WEF and uh, and other people uh, concerns like BlackRock want to do with regards to ESG scores for instance. So that is uh interesting and will well it'll be interesting to see uh how far down the path um to self-destruction these companies and interests are willing to go. Meanwhile, another thing I wanted to cover is Dr. Jordan Peterson. You may have heard of him He's on the Joe Rogan podcast, which just happens to also be on Spotify with mine. Um, He's talking to Joe Rogan about uh, coming up with an organization to sort of counter the WEF and getting all these various interests from different countries around the world together. And, you know, maybe they'll have their own summit and talk about the real... Problems and the real solutions that we can do without destroying our freedoms and without destroying our economies. And so, Godspeed to uh, Jordan Peterson. Hopefully, he can succeed, and you know, hopefully that will be a, a thing. That will hopefully will be a big thing coming. But I like to see that. So we'll end it there. And thank you for listening and watching online. And follow Liberty relearned.com online, Liberty Relearned on Facebook, and at LR Podcast on Getter and me, J.P. Mac, on parlor And so, thank you again for listening. Uh, like and subscribe, all that. And until next time, stay healthy, happy, and free.